my motto is don't let your good get in the way of your great. Oh. And I think we we all know when it's good, but it's not the great. Yeah. Yeah, right? I had a good relationship. Right. I had a really good full-time ministry in Dallas, Texas with a community that loved me. I could stay there forever. Yeah. And it's scary. It's scary as all get out. Don't get me wrong. Hello, and welcome to the Connectedness Podcast. Just as you might have guessed, I talk about connection and connectedness on this podcast, our connection with everything in the world around us. Whether you see it or not, we're all connected, and it doesn't matter if it's our dog, our cat, our God, our body, and I'll also talk about some more abstract connections like our career or our land, our community, our emotions, your body. Life is all about connection, so the sooner we recognize that, the sooner we can have an easier, more meaningful life. I will talk about these connections through different lenses, things like synchronicities and coincidences or just everyday little bits of magic and miracles that we, we usually dismiss. It's really important that we pay attention to all of this so we can live an easier, more meaningful life. So welcome to the show. I'm your host, Karen Cleveland. Welcome back, everyone. Super excited today. I have with me Reverend Karen Fry, who is a CEO and owner of Spirit Tours LC. And she has is living so much my dream and her dream. But anyway, so let me tell you a little bit about Spirit Tours. It's a boutique tour company that leads sacred guided tours around the world, focusing on spiritual experiences, connections, and being a positive force for good while traveling. She was previously the co-spiritual director of CSL, CSL Dallas for eight years with Dr. Petra Weldes, and she has a genu genuine love for all of life. She meets people exactly where they are. She leads with her heart and is willing to be vulnerable and real. I'm very excited to have you today, Reverend Karen. Welcome to the show. Thank you, yeah, Reverend uh, Karen. You can just call me. I'll just call you Karen. So this is fantastic, but let's kind of start backwards a little bit. Have there been some key spiritual moments or catalytic, unexpected moments in your life that have led you on a spiritual transformation? Yeah, I think, first of all, I have to go all the way back to 1998, which may or may not be that far back for some folks, but it feels far to me. And I started a new company with some men in the Bay Area. And that's when I actually started because I was building a company and I, I had time on my own because I wasn't with my partner. I was in California instead in Dallas. And I started just reading all kinds mm. of spiritual books yeah. on the fringe, going to books, used bookstores. And I just started like an appetite there of a spiritual life versus a religious life. Very different. And that led me into, in 2007, I ended up finding the spirituality and the faith that now has completely changed my life. Okay. A huge moment for me, I thought, I've got it all. I left a great sales and marketing career where literally the CEO tried to give me a blank check to not resign. 
Well, going into ministerial school, true story, blank check, don't leave. I built a medical device company and I walked away from multiple three fig, six yeah. figure stuff. Yes. Then I spent three and a half years learning how to be instead of do mm-hmm. while in ministerial school. Okay. That was my goal. Can I learn how to be? Because I'm really good at doing. Anyway, fast forward. I got my ministerial license. I'm a minister. 2013. I'm starting my own ministry in San Francisco. I live in my dream home in Oakland, California, in the hills. I got a partner. We're about to be married. We got two kitty cats, just everything. And I had a huge moment on a BART station. I just signed the lease for the new ministry in San Francisco in the Mission District. And I was walking off the BART train which is a Bay Area rapid transit for people that don't know that. And I'm walking off the train and I'm talking to my partner, telling her how great it was, blah, blah, blah. And everything within me said, the voice said, stop. And I was like, what? So I'm going to tell this as fast as I can, but I basically stopped and said, give me a second. Give me a second. Something's going on. And she was like, what's happening? I don't know. And literally in 15 seconds, a big altercation broke out between three women, two women attacking a BART station worker. And and she could hear because the voices got elevated. They were really upset with whatever was going on. And she said, look, don't be a hero. And I was like, just give me a second. I need to be here. And the phone disconnected. I thought she hung up on me. And all I did was to be the presence of boundless love, to be that greatest force, that irresistible sweep. I stood there. I didn't look at what was going on. I just stood there and be love. Wow. And these two women, they happened to be white and the black, the Bart worker was black, African-American. And they, I thought they were going to kill her. And... The human voice was like, security guards, come on. No one's responding. This is really bad. But I just was being the presence. And I could tell one woman dropped away, but the woman cornered her in her little bar ticket booth, right? Where you get tickets. Yeah. yeah. And I thought she was going to kill her. And then I kid you not, just like that, they started laughing. Oh, I'm going to cry just thinking about this. They started laughing. And like they were best friends. And the black woman said, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. What the hell? Wow. Down. And the black woman like felt something. Her back was to me. Uh And she turned around and she looked right at me. She said, can I help you? And I said, no. I just came here to be love. And she said, thank you. And I walked away. That was a huge moment in my life because I knew who I came here to be. And I knew what I am, that I am. And that I knew is what I am to be everywhere I go. Wow. Often as I, but but the huge moment was when I got home, I don't share this a lot, but when I got home, I started weeping. I called the partner. I said, everything's fine, but I can't talk right now. Something in me said, don't. The conversation, I got home. I started not weeping. I started wailing. Like, 
I've never wailed before. You, you hear about it, you've seen it, but like the deepest sorrow and all yeah. of the depth. So I started wailing and I was like, why am I wailing? I just had this mystical experience. Yeah. And the answer inside me was your relationship just ended. Oh. 11 year relationship, about to be married, everything going in my life exactly as I wanted. And it was because I couldn't stand in front of you or anyone else and say, you can have it all and not believe that I could. And I was settling in that relationship and had for 11 years. Oh, and so God. I ended it days later and everything changed. Everything had to sell the house, split the two kitty cats. And that just right. led to me being asked to come do ministry in Dallas. And I met my soulmate eventually was the person who asked me to do ministry with her and everything's unfolded since. So that was a huge moment. That one, seven months after arriving to do ministry there, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. That was a huge moment. And I had to take yes. a stand for me. What was the gift in that? That I really am. I've not really loved myself fully and completely. I had not really fully accepted myself as a gay woman fully and completely. All of that came up. Wow. And then I got to do the universal no. This is not how my life is meant to be. I wasn't going to buy into all of the culture of cancer and all of that. I was like, no. And I had two tum 10 tumors in my left breast. I was like, no. Nothing's stopping me from the reality of my life. And then the third one was the pandemic. And not being around people. And I love, I'm an extrovert. So I got to be around birds in Dallas because that's all there are. And that's when my photography got ignited and my passion got reignited. And soon after that, after the pandemic, my father died, who I was very, my best friend in the world. And I made a declaration I'm not going to waste one more minute of my life. Right. I'm going to go do what I do. And things have unfolded since. Those are what's interesting. Now, I've never realized this, but all three of those huge events that I briefly described had to do with stake, taking a stand for me. And I think many of us don't do that. Right. But everybody else first. And well, we've been taught it's selfish or whatever. But see, now I'm an inspiration to you and other people because I've taken a stand for me and the more people that are really happy and prosperous and doing what they love to do and passionate about what they're doing, it just expands and grows so yeah. quickly. And I believe we need more examples of people living life as this, because that's the way life is meant to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are three huge events in your life that you've come through a new person and had some kind of a, not a learning journey, but some kind of a personal transformation after each one. What do you, how do you think it's best to guide people when they're in a situation and they know their life is not great? They know something could be better. I'm just curious, do you have words of wisdom to pass on to someone else that is like, just do it. What is your just do it motto? My just do it motto is don't let your good 
get in the way of your great. Oh. And I think we we all know when it's good, but it's not the great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I had a good relationship. Right. I had a really good full-time ministry in Dallas, Texas with a community that loved me. I could stay there forever. Yeah. And it's scary. It's scary as all get out. Don't get me wrong. I live every day. The fear monster comes up, right? <laughs> and how yeah. sat with it and the roommate in my head. I know we all got one that talks to us and yeah. all that. So really, I quote, struggled just like everyone else. Okay. Right. But the biggest, so that has become my motto. Don't let your good get in the way of your great. And the how, which is going to be funny maybe when I say this, the biggest tool I've learned is get clear on your what and forget about the how. Yeah. Is your what? Because when I'm clear, my big what in ministry letting go of some form, which we tend to put a form on it because we want to figure out how, right. is I want to do ministry full-time and thrive while doing it. That was my what. I want to do ministry full-time, thrive while doing it. Right. The next big what I came up with is I want to travel the world with my camera in my hand. That was the what. There's no how to that. There's no form to that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. And so then I get clear on my big what. <laughs> I want to be in a relationship that is a full partnership. We don't leave the arena, whatever it is, no abandonment, whatever. Get clear on the what and forget about the how. Then the universe meets you in your what, brings it right to you, and everything starts to unfold. And keep holding the what. And my what was travel the world, right? And keep my camera in my hand and mm-hmm. not have to be stressed with financially how to do that. Right. And that's living right now. So that biggest thing, I think, if one would put that into use, get very clear, spend time. What is your what? Really? Yeah. What is your what? Yeah, so true. I know it's hard to not try to control the how. It's I get so involved in the hows sometime. But so let's talk a little bit about the tours. And travel has been a lifetime thing for me. I I think I was a late starter. I tried to travel young and then I got married and had kids and life and I forgot. So it's only fairly recently that I've really started traveling internationally again, last 10 or 10 years or so. So you have this Spirit Tours. You're the CEO of Spirit Tours, which is like, maybe it's a dream come true for me. I don't know. I don't know that I want to actually run a company, but I certainly want to travel with them. So tell me, how is Spirit Tours, though, different than me just booking a trip to Bali? What's different about it? Yeah, I love that you asked that. Spirit Tours is actually a 20 plus year old company that about a year ago, I became the new co-owner with my spouse, Petra Weldis, who you mentioned up front, but I'm running it. Okay. Because she's still a minister in a community. Right. In Dallas. So it's been in existence for 20 years. It was started because Jim Cramer lived in Bali. 
raised his children in Bali, and then moved to Santa Rosa, California. And a spiritual leader there said, hey, could you put together a tour for my community to go to Bali? That's how it got. Okay. And Bali still are your tour. Okay. Right? And then it's like, where else do these spiritual leaders want to go with their community, et cetera? So the, the, it's, it's now growing and with individuals, yoga teachers, things like that. But the reason, the way it's significantly different is we come, first of all, it's a small group. We won't take more than 24 people. We want that intimate experience, people traveling together with like-minded people. And we're coming from a spiritual perspective. We're not coming from a tourist, but it's not religious at all. And we have spiritual practice and it depends on where we're going. South Africa, for example, we use the animals. As the theme, what are the qualities of the animal that you could bring and embody in your life? Like the power of a lion, placid like a hippo, patience of, um, I don't know, one of the birds there, you know, whatever, right? And to have new mental equivalents of that in your life by experiencing that. New Zealand, the hero's journey, because that's where the Lord of the Rings was filmed. Right. And right. so it's hero's journey. We're all on this hero's journey. So every tour has a different theme. Uh, we see how we can interlock, whether it's Hinduism, Buddhism. We're not trying to become a Buddhist. We're not doing that. But how could we bring that divine wisdom from that into our life? Can we find the middle way in our life? And so we travel together. Everything is taken care of for you. You know exactly the itinerary. There's also freedom for free time. And we assist free and post tour if you want to go somewhere. But it's this experience where especially single people, widowed, divorced, or they just don't want to take their spouse. This right. a lot. They just want to have their own experience. You can travel. So we have a lot yeah. of single travelers and then couples. And we meet as a traveling tribe ahead of time, two to three times. You get to know one another. We do that on Zoom a lot now. And then we meet and everything's taken care of for the person. But you are really coming from a spiritual perspective. And when we get out of our daily life, as we know, it's a vacation plus. It's mm. really about spiritual transformation. What practices could you bring home? What could you now, when you get back into your daily life, keep active and practice in your life? And you also make great friends along the way because we become a community. Yes. We yes. have some people, as we announce a new tour, they don't need, they, and we keep the cost as low as possible so that it's not merely for the financially elite. We right. keep the cost as low as possible. And that takes a lot of work to do that, but we do it. And, and so we have people that actually, when a tour is announced, they say, just sign me up. It, they might look the cost of the itinerary. Yeah. You have and the regulars. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of nature based because Peter and I love nature and animals, especially here. And uh, we have a lot of nature based tours. So nature's involved in it all no matter where we're going. So a person has the potential to come home completely transformed internally, spiritually, after one of these tours. 
as well as the connection with the other people, which it, I think it's great because if you've ever been on a tour bus in London, for example, <laughs> you have everyone on the tour bus with you and you may or may not want to connect with them and have a more meaningful relationship with them. So I think that's great that there's so many similar values, I guess, or goals of these people that come together. And I'm sure, what would, do you, would you say you have a, a particular reason that you love, let's see, how do I phrase this? Why is it important to you to put these trips out there for people? Because I'm sure your intention in the offer helps drive the people that are attracted to it, right? Yeah. It's become my ministry. This is my ministry now. And I, first of all, when we go to new places, we see how other people live, how other countries can care for the environment better than the country we live in, things like that. We really engage with every aspect of the place that, that we spend time in. That opens us our mind. That opens our heart. It eliminates a lot of judgment and bigotry, things like that. So it's really creating this world that we can all get along and it works for all, right? And I think that's significantly important that they also, the people where we go, whether it's Bali, Bhutan, Egypt, wherever it is, they're seeing us travel and having a different connection because we're not merely tourists. And so that opens their mind and their heart and they get a different aspect. In fact, most people can't wait for our groups to come back. I just got an email that with my tour partner in Japan, they're like, no one ever says as much gratitude and thank you mm -hmm. as, right? Because they uh -huh. tend to do it for business people and tourists. And so, so we're being that force for good in the world. Right. And eventually my goal is also, I was thinking about this morning, as a matter of fact, ways to either give away a tour like have a spot where what's given away, have scholarships, things like that. So for people that maybe cannot put together 100% of the tour price that they get to go by yeah. random drugs and things like that. So that's going to be a part of it. And then we do things like give water bottles so that you're not consuming little plastic water bottles right. for 10 days. Right. We're so environmentally conscious. And yeah. we want to do where it's carbon neutral, things like that. So it's this whole, you know what? Nothing's, as Karen, nothing is separate. We're a movie. It's important, yeah. I think, especially now for us to travel and to acknowledge and see. It helps me sometimes. I'm like, oh, that's a first world problem that I'm having today because I've right. traveled to Africa or right. Do you have any, like, a top two or three favorite places that you've been that you, like, could go back to over and over again? Probably all of them, I guess. But any top favorites come to mind? Yeah, I tell you, I, I'm blown away, especially by the new ones when my first time. For sure, I can go back to South Africa over and over again. I can tell you I could do that. <laughs> I love safari. I love it on a private game reserve. I love how close we can get to the animals. I love that 
Many of them are habituated, but it takes 10 years for them to get used to a human. South Africa, for sure. I could go back. I, we just did our first official tours, new owners in Ireland with a Scotland add-on, and I had heard the food was meat and potatoes. I've had the best meals of my life in Ireland now. Wow. So that really? was my mind. Yeah. Look, the best meal of my life wow. was in the Cliffs of Moor and at a restaurant where we stayed. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to go back. And then the wildlife in Scotland, that just, that was post-tour, but that was really nice. I would say I would have put Uganda on the list. So I'll just say this in this moment. I was planning to, I went there this year to put together a tour. And recently the president of Uganda signed the worst LGBTQ law on the planet. Recently just signed it. Oh so I'm, a, I'm about to have a conversation with the tour guide. I was really going to change his life and his family's life by working with him. And I'm heartbroken. I don't even know how to process, but I can't go to Uganda. Right. I can't. It's, it, I could be imprisoned for 10 years. And anyone that travels with me, if they want to, could put us in jail. So that's really up on the planet right now. There's 33 countries, but there's some countries like Egypt where I travel to Egypt all the time. Yeah, It is illegal. Thailand. So that's starting to happen, which is just mind-blowing to me. It, so I would have said Uganda. I would have said Uganda, but now I can't. No, right, right. Yeah. And yeah. so I would say... Africa, for sure, is at the top. Egypt, probably when the next year I will have gone seven times. I really love Egypt. I love the mystery of it all and the mysticism and the people and all of that. But I'm really a nature person. Right. Uh, there's pyramids and temples, but give me nature and I'm yeah. really happy. So I can just keep going back over and over again. Yeah. They're all such, I usually say, oh, this is my favorite. When you're there, it's absolutely your favorite, right? Time to to wrap this up a little bit. Anything we should know about Spirit Tours or you and let it, the guests, the listeners know where to find you and look at these trips that are available? Yeah, you can go to spirit.tours. Think of the dot tours as the dot com. There is no dot com in the website address. <laughs> so it's literally or just put in spirit tours, but the web address is spirit.tours. And not all the tours are up yet for 2024. I'm getting them up as fast as I can, but but you can also email me and I'll get you on the list if you want. Just send me an email and say, put me on your list. And that's Karen, K-A-R-E-N, at spirit.tours. I'm happy to put you on the list and then you'll know about all these things that we've talked about. And I'd love to have a space for any of your listeners, Karen, that want to travel this way. It's very. That would be fantastic. And then one last thing before we sign off. Is there anything you want the world to know? Like preach, preach to the world for a moment. Anything everyone needs to know right now that you think. I, I go back to where I started in that very big moment. I really believe that we came here to be loved. Okay. That is our purpose. In, and to be that boundless love. See, there's no borders. There's no walls. There's nothing. Life itself is giving to itself all the time. 
and that it's all connected. Everything is connected to everything. So rise up and be that love. And that sometimes is that mama bear. And I know you've got to know this being a mother. It's that mama bear stand up and be that boundless love. It's not a weak. It's the most powerful force presence there is. It's a power, not a force. But that's what we came here to be. And to know that you are the one and only ever to be masterpiece, never to be replicated, duplicated, can never come around again. And you are so worthy of this love. Receive that love. I think that's also our journey is to really embrace just how absolutely freaking magnificent we each are because we've been told along the way, especially usually at an early age, that we're not of worth. And yet life itself is so worthy. I would say that as well. Awesome. I don't even want to speak after that. Thank you. What a great way to end. Be love. We are love. All right. Thank you to the listeners. And I hope to connect with you all later. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. That's R-E-V-K-A-R-E-N Podcast.com. There you're going to find the tools for finding more meaning and happiness in your own life. Plus, if you have a story that you want to share with me, either on or off the air, be sure to look for that form. Make sure you follow me so you get notified when new episodes drop. And also, I'd love to connect with you in my Facebook group, connectedness with Rev Karen. So head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. I hope to see you there.